Hello, and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from, and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. Good morning, and Happy New Year. So, okay, Happy New Year. (laughs) So this is the beginning of the church calendar. It's the first Sunday of Advent, which is the first Sunday of the, of the Christian New Year, where it begins with the birth of Christ, where it begins with us anticipating his, his arrival and his coming and the gifts that come through him. We have been living in a world, I realized not too long ago, coming up on, it'll be two years in March since COVID hit. And we are living in a world that for all that time, all we have done is become painfully aware of how we are supposed to distance from one another, how we are supposed to spread out in that. Um, And yet we're entering a season where now we're anticipating God coming near to us, God coming, drawing us near. And not just in kind of that little Hallmark movie way. I'm going to confess something um, right now. I love Hallmark movies, Christmas movies. And we don't like have cable and never have. So I watch like the cheesy, like old ones that aren't even on the Hallmark channel anymore. Um, And so they're wonderful and they're kind of cheesy and they always make you feel good. There's some love, some joy, some peace, some hope worked into every one of those stories. At the end, everyone has a happy ending, even the bad guy. (laughs) And if you fall asleep in the middle of it, it's okay. Because you can wake up at any point and be fully engaged and catch right back up with the (laughs) storyline. Or you just wait a week and catch it the next Sunday. It's fine. And sometimes that's what we do to Christmas. We create it into this kind of shallow interpretation of what that joy and that love and that peace and that hope means. We try to make it our own and think that we can control those things and think that we somehow um, create those things. And yes, there is hope and joy and love and peace in our homes and we want those things in our home and we want those to be a part of our season. But when God sent his son incarnate, in the flesh, to walk among us, he has something much greater in store for us and much deeper than that. He sent his son to be near us and to draw us nearer to God. That's how how God's grace works, is it starts with him and then we respond. So God sent his son to be our hope and then we respond to that. We respond to that grace and it makes it possible for us to draw near. And today we're going to look at kind of how everything began with God in the beginning. We're going to celebrate the hope of Jesus drawing near to us in spite of our sin. The Advent candle for today is hope, and it's that joy and that love and the peace. And then in the end, the last candle is the Christ candle. And that's when all of that is realized completely and perfectly. Our scripture today is about the Jewish hope of the Messiah and the Christian hope of salvation. And we're going to see how those two come together. We're going to read from John in just a few minutes. And just to give you a little bit of background, John was the fourth gospel to be written. It was the latest one to be written. 
And at that time, it was written in response to all these false teachers who had shown up, and then also people who were questioning whether Jesus was fully human, and then there were those who were questioning if he was fully God. They couldn't quite grasp this concept of Jesus being God incarnate on the earth, fully human and fully God at the same time. And the book of John is really focusing on that that humanity and that deity of God. It's God's self-revelation. So if you'll open your Bibles, if you have them with you, to John 1. I'm going to read the first few verses, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then continuing in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. One of the nice things about the book of John is that in chapter 20, verse 31, he actually gives us the purpose behind the writing of this book. And it actually says on my Bible, the purpose of John's gospel. Like if you were in question, if you weren't sure about where all this was going, here it is, I'm giving it to you. So we're gonna cut straight to that. So chapter 20, verse 31 of John, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. He is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's the reason for the incarnation. It's the reason Jesus came and walked among us. The reason that he draws near to us is to bring people back into right relationship with God so that we can become children of God and we may have new life in his name. So as we're reading the scripture, it probably sounded a little familiar and it probably sounded a little bit about the Genesis, um, like the uh, Genesis story. And it, it should, it was meant to. That's what John was, what this book is drawing on, what we are meant to hear And so to really understand Jesus, we're going back to the beginning. We're going to go back to that Genesis, and we're going to look at what God was creating and how God was drawing drawing near to us during that time. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. 
we believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. In Genesis, God is speaking light and his words into the darkness to create light. He's creating new life. He's created the, the earth and the stars and the moon. He's created vegetation and the fish and the, the birds. He's created the animals. And he's created Adam and Eve. Jesus, the Trinity, was already eternally present, coexisting in love. And out of that came this beautiful creation. Scripture is really specific about God speaking those words, about that being spoken, about creation being spoken into existence. Speech requires a human body. But why speech? God could have twitched his nose like bewitched, could have nodded, could have waved a hand. But that's not what he did. He spoke creation into being. And I think it's because words matter. We live in a world where words can be incredibly divisive and have been. But words were meant to reflect God. Our words were meant to reflect him, never to be divisive, never to destroy. His words were used to speak creation into being, to breathe life into us. And those words... They express the mind and the will and the character of God. They express his thoughts. The words reveal his identity. You can have two people do exactly the same task, and they can do it for two entirely different reasons. And you'll never know what their reason was or what drove them to do that task, what their true underlying motivation was, until you have a conversation with them, until their words are filled that space and they make the picture complete. The words provide a window into our hearts. And scripture tells us that our words and our actions have to work together. We can understand by what we see. We can go to the mountains. We can go to the Grand Canyon. We can go to the beach. We can see a sunrise. And we can see creation and all of its majesty and glory. But until we understand who created it and understand his identity, his motivation, God's will, God's character then we're able to fully understand creation. Then we're able to fully understand the creator behind it. We can understand that God is love. And we can know that in our heads. But when Jesus taught and used his words alongside his miracles, his healing, when he explained who he was and his death and his resurrection to the disciples and those around him, that's when we get to really understand and see who Jesus was. It's when those words matched his actions. 
And that's how we, we experience God. That's how we get to know him. That's how God is revealed to us. God created humans, and he placed them in a garden. And what did he do while they were in the garden? He walked and he talked with them in the garden. He met them there. There was no distance between Adam and Eve and God. They were able to see each other daily and walk and talk in the garden. That is what our relationship with God is supposed to look like. Unencumbered by sin, no distance between us and God. But then sin enters the picture and suddenly we're distanced from God. But Jesus comes to earth. And we can now relate to the word that shaped the universe and all distance has now been removed. Think about that. The very word, the very creator of the heavens and the earth and the universe, the giver of life, has now come to earth to be with us. And we're able to experience that. When Jesus comes to earth, we get to experience him in a whole new way. The word is a person. It's Jesus. He enters the world as an infant, walks among us, demonstrates what life, what love looks like through his life, his death, and his resurrection. He was creating new life through his death and resurrection. And it was reflecting the mind and the will and the character of God. He was the light in the darkness. And through our relationship with him, we are called to be the light as well. When we light a candle, we have to actually, I'm going to just use a candle and then I'll blow it out in a second because it's for an illustration. I have to touch the flame. I can't just do the flamethrower thing. These have to come in contact with one another. And that's how it is with Jesus, with his light. We have to come into direct contact with his light. It's not something that God stood up and then just threw down at us as a flame, kind of a flamethrower type. But it's an actual contact that happens between two people. That's how that light is spread. There's no distance there. And through that lack of distance is where we find new life. John is pointing to a God who creates all things in the beginning. And it's the same God who recreates everything. Not from a distance, but up close. God is beginning a new creation. And he begins this new creation through Jesus by walking and talking with humanity. Just like God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So what does it look like when God becomes king in Jesus? It looks like the leper being healed, the bleeding woman being healed, tax collectors being invited to tables. It looks like Jesus. And what does it look like in your own life when God becomes king in Jesus? What does that change? What does it transform? What does it look like in your life? What new life is possible when God becomes 
your king in Jesus. It looks like redemption and restoration. It looks like sobriety. It looks like new priorities. It looks like healing. It looks like servant love and action. It looks like feeding the hungry. It looks like taking care of our neighbor. It looks like sitting beside someone in their hardest moments. It looks like hope, joy, love, and peace reflected in our words and our actions. It looks like Jesus. And when we are transformed by the word, as the words of Jesus shaped and recreate us, we echo his words of life and we participate in his mission. We become a light as well in the darkness that cannot be put out. In verse 4, it says, In him was life, and that light was the light of humanity. When God's creation rejects his words of life, all creation is distanced from God. And the world needs a new beginning. And so God continues to speak his word again and again into our lives. Narrowing that distance, closing that distance completely. That distance being closed is the good news. I want you throughout this season to start listening to how many times you hear the words good news associated with the songs and the scripture that we're going to read. And good news for the people who were hearing this, who were the, the modern readers of this scripture at the time, in that current time, for them, good news was associated with a kingdom, with a new king, with a new ruler. And they would have known that language. They would have caught, uh, picked up on that. It's always associated with a kingdom. And the good news of Jesus is that God came to dwell among us and that through his death and resurrection, new life in him is possible. It's not just so we can have a peaceful holiday where our children all get along, appreciate everything that we do behind the scenes, and find the perfect gift for someone. It's much greater. It's perfect peace perfect hope that is possible because Jesus came to earth as fully human and fully God so that our sin would no longer distance us from God. The gap has been closed. Sin and death have been conquered and it has been overcome. The gap is closed. I think sometimes we're satisfied with that hallmark version of how things go. And that's a little bit easier to live into because it doesn't involve the surrender and the transformation that comes when we, when we draw near to Christ, when we respond to that. There's, if you read the Seedbed um, daily text, J.D. Walt, who writes it, wrote this past week something that I think is a really amazing uh, description and fits into this so well. Jesus didn't come just so that we could have a lack of chaos. He came to give us new life, to recreate that life. He came as fulfillment, he came as shalom, as perfection, as completion. And sometimes we, we just touch the surface of who Jesus really is. So I'm gonna read this, this quote, and I think it does a great job of helping us to dig down deeper into, into what it means to walk with, 
with Jesus and for him to walk with us. J.D. says, in the midst of a trial, I really just want relief. Jesus wants deep reformation and restoration. I want help. He wants healing. I want escape. He wants engagement. I want comfort. And this is where I think he hits the nail on the head. He wants the conversion of my deepest self into his deepest likeness. He wants the conversion of my deepest self into his deepest likeness. How often do our prayers just ask for comfort? To just, just give me the strength to just get through this situation. Just get me through to tomorrow. Give me patience. We have much more in store for us than that. Jesus came to recreate life and to give us way more than that. God's intent was that Christmas and the birth of Jesus would lead to new life. That's our hope. That's what we're celebrating as we start the new year. That the distance between us and God would be forever eliminated because he will live in us not just walk among us, but live in us. The conversion of your deepest self into his deepest likeness. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. Because Jesus gave himself up for us. 